0: Welcome, Generation Church, family and friends. Pastor Stephen here from South County, Rhode Island. So glad that you're taking this moment to listen to this podcast. Pray that it encourages you and that you are filled up with hope and with expectation for what God is going to do in the days ahead in your life and your family and community. And we wanted to remind you that Generation Worship just released our second live album. It's called First Love. We recorded it live in Providence and wherever you stream music, enjoy these new songs from South County. Happy Sunday. Happy Church Day. He say Jubilee. He say make way the new. Say, I don't like when pastors tell me what to do. <laughs> no. Well, welcome. My name is Stephen Mook, and uh, I have the joy to be the pastor here along with my wife, Lindsay, and an amazing team of servant leaders. And we are uh, here today celebrating uh, God's faithfulness. We do this at the end of every year. We do an offering. And this year, we are uh, calling it uh, the Jubilee offering, Make Way for the New, as we seek God for vision for 2022. And I want to share a message today in this uh, series, Make Way for the New, uh, Jubilee 2022, called Blessings from the Wilderness. Blessings from the Wilderness. The passage Scripture uh, and the inspiration, the vision for the days ahead and what you just saw in the video is how God is a God who takes our weathered selves and, and takes our lives, our, our, our past, our brokenness, uh, our frailty, everything, uh, and he makes uh, new things out of it. He, he takes the old and he makes new things. God is the God who redeems and renews all things, and this is the heart posture of God uh, throughout the story of God in Scripture and history. I want to read this passage uh, from Leviticus chapter 26 that we've kind of put front and center here uh, as we go into the the year ahead. Leviticus chapter 26, starting in verse 9. I will turn to you and make you fruitful And multiply you, and will confirm my covenant with you. You shall eat the old store long kept, and you shall clear out the old to make way for the new. This is uh, Leviticus chapter twenty-six, verse nine. Let me actually just give you the scripture right, right off uh, before God is just releases this message that I'm so excited to share. I pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Leviticus twenty-six, nine to thirteen. And then we're going to look at Leviticus 26, 14 to 17. Everything will be, will be up for you to be able to read. But if you want to spend time in this um, throughout this week uh, and throughout the year. But no, November, uh, sorry, Numbers 13, 25 to 29. Uh, and then um, Numbers 13, 30 to 33. And then Numbers 14, 1 to 12. Some of you are like, Leviticus, Numbers, what are you talking about? I'm just happy that I'm in church today. Can we give it up for everybody who's new for the first time? Can we clap? Can we give it up? It's a big deal. It's a big deal that you would come That you would come and you would gather uh, as the church. We value the word of God above all things. So I want you to have that in your heart and your mind uh, and to write that down. Let me continue in Leviticus chapter 26. You shall eat of the old store long kept and you shall clear out the old to make way for the new. I will make my dwelling among you and my soul shall not abhor you. This is Leviticus chapter 26 and I will walk among you and I will be your God and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt thank you for helping me, that you should not be their slaves. And I have broken the bars of your yoke and made your walk straight. It says that I will make your walk straight. Again, in verse 10, make way for the new. He's talking about the blessings of obedience here for the people of God. Going on a little bit more, I would love if that was just where I could stop, but there's more, and it's, uh, it's here in verse 14, but if you will not listen to me and will not do all these commandments, if you, stir, if you spurn my statutes and if your soul abhors my rules so that you will not do all my commandments but break my covenant then I will do this to you. I will visit you with panic, with wasting disease and fever and consume the eyes and make the heart ache and you shall sow your seed in vain for your enemies shall eat it. Welcome to Generation Church. Now that, that's uh. The blessings, of dis- the, the blessings of obedience, and then God gives what will happen if there is disobedience. I want us to, to go on, and you can get ready for Numbers chapter 13. And as we look at the blessings from the wilderness, you know, another title for this could be Lessons from the Wilderness. Lessons from the Wilderness. At this point, God has delivered the people of God uh, Israel from the uh, Pharaoh and out of slavery and is leading the people of God into the promises of God and specifically the promised land what, what you need to know as we look at the wilderness here and and as I, I pray that that you'll get a, a fresh uh, understanding and reminder of how this really is the story that we're living here and now, in light of Jesus. But as you uh, remember, and if you're brand new to the Bible, most amazing story ever written, and it's true, completely, all of it, is that that the people of God who were brought out of the land of Egypt were in this season of waiting in the wilderness. God had promised them a land where their people would multiply And the way that God promises that I'm going to give you a covenant, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. What God is doing is really restoring what went wrong in the beginning of history and the scriptures that we see in the garden with Adam and Eve, where God dwelled. There wasn't sin. God's good creation. God made people uh, in his image. Humans sinned. And now what had to happen was that there was a restoration and a renewal. Not only because of the, the, the judgment of God and that a holy God can't be with unholy people, but it's that God had a plan and a purpose of renewal and of redemption. And God had a future and a hope for the people of God. God had things for the people of God to do. God wanted his Creation to enjoy their creator. God wanted his children to enjoy their father. God had blessing upon blessing upon blessing. And so when you see in Leviticus chapter 26 that I will make all things new and I will dwell with you. What God is saying is that I'm going to restore what happened before the covenant that took place with Noah. With Noah, God made a covenant. And God sent judgment upon the earth. And he said, I'm going to make things all new again. In light of your sin, I'm not giving up my grace and my mercy. I'm going to pour it out. I'm going I'm I'm to overwhelm you. I'm going to release mercy when there should be nothing but judgment because of the righteousness of God. And so God makes a covenant with Noah. The people of God break that covenant. Don't follow the ways of God. So God moves the people forward and says, I have blessing for you. I'm going to make all things new again. Who's here thankful for the faithfulness of God over and over and over and over? So he says, I will dwell with you. Remember that I brought you out of Egypt. But there is, a cost if you disobey. And what will happen is that the people that I've called you to rule over and the land that I've given you, what will happen is that your enemies will reign over you if you don't listen and follow me, the God of Jubilee, the God who loves to release blessings into our lives. So they find themselves at this point of being delivered out of Egypt, out of slavery, and getting ready for the greater promises of God in the promised land. So some thoughts on wilderness. Wilderness is waiting and anticipating the promised blessings of God. This is significant, this wilderness theme, because the first place that we one of the first places as Jesus is approaching the cross after he's born from the Virgin Mary, after he uh, as a a young boy um, reads the prophecies of God. Um, the, 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 the news about Jesus is starting to shake the Roman Empire, shake the, the Jewish customs and traditions and the people of God, that there is this long-awaited Messiah that, that, that they've been waiting for is coming. And John the Baptist prepared the way for, for, um, for, for the Messiah, for Jesus. And, and Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. No one, especially the devil, had any idea that the cross was going to happen and that there was going to be ultimate power and victory in the cross. And Jesus finds himself in a significant moment where? In the wilderness, right? For 40 days, being tested by Satan. And because God put on flesh in the form of Jesus, he was being Tested not only by the devil, but by his own flesh. Jesus, the representative now, the new representative, the new human representative of who? You and me. The first representative, Adam, failed. Sinned. God said, Adam failed. I'm going to make a covenant with my people. And then Israel They failed. The people of God failed to follow the good, righteous ways of God. This wilderness, though, is significant. And there's so much that God wants to give you and I, because a lot of you understandably should be saying what different is going to happen in 2022. What different is going to happen in in this world? And and what happens is, and you might find yourself either at a place where you are anticipating with great joy the things that God's going to do. Other of you, other many of you are fearful of wondering what's going to happen next. I'm not going to have you raise your hand, but I would say that some people are in the category of being excited with joyful expectation. And even, even if you have a hard time believing it, you're wired to be like, yes, make way for the new. When I say make way for the new, what's the first thing that comes to you? You don't have to respond back. Could be excitement. For me, I'm all about inspiration. I'm all about positivity. So like you could just remind me, make way for the new 10 times. And I'm like, I don't even know what, but amen, that sounds great. Anybody with me? Others of you? There's the cynic that comes out, and it's totally understandable. Some of you are just lost in this world, wondering, why do I exist? Why am I here? But we have to understand more, wherever you are, when it comes to the wilderness, uh, the lessons that we need to learn from it. And I want to say this. These are some lessons that we can learn when we're in the wilderness, and we're going to look and see if the people of God learned these lessons. Lessons, because ultimately the lessons that are uh, from the wilderness are ultimately connected to the blessings, not only from the wilderness, but out of the wilderness and in the days ahead that God wants to give us. The way you wait, anybody have a hard time waiting? Anybody have a hard time with patience? Some of you, you don't even know what it is that you're waiting for, but you're just still impatient about whatever it is that you're waiting for. Again, a lot of that can be motivated by fear, worry, whatever it may be. The way you wait for more of God's promises and blessings is remembering the blessings and promises that you've already received. Say that again. The way that you wait for more of God's promises and blessings is remembering the blessings and the promises that you've already received all of us could probably give a list of the things and the blessings that we've already achieved. Would you agree? So blessings from the wilderness, as as you're waiting with expectation for uh, for the things ahead, here's what you need to do in the wilderness. Remember what you have. Remember what you have. What you're holding. What's right in front of you. This is all through the lens of we're making way for the new. We are getting ready for what God has in front of us. So lessons, remember Egypt. Can you say remember? Remember Egypt. That's what God says, spoken through Moses face to face to tell the people, you and I, because we're a part of this story, is to remember Egypt. Do you see it in Leviticus chapter 26? It says, remember that I brought you out of the land of Egypt and that you're no longer in slavery. Remember Egypt. Translation, God did it before. God will do it again. Remember what he delivered you from. Do you remember what he delivered you from? He has delivered us from sin. He has delivered us from fear. He has delivered us from anxiety. We still struggle with these things. He's delivered us from wanting other desires that are not ultimately God. God has delivered us from ourselves. God has delivered us from Satan. God has delivered us from evil. God has delivered us from death. Has God delivered you? (laughs) I just want you to know, this is a lean in This is a lean-in message to what the Spirit has for you today, I believe. God did it before. God will do it again. Remember what he delivered you from. Remember where God is bringing you. Remember the God of Jubilee. Remember his blessings. Lessons from from the wilderness. Those are the blessings that God wants to remind you. I know you're waiting for things. You know all of you received a card on your seat and, and 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 it has two questions. What is the new that you're waiting for? I find it fascinating that and I find myself in that that that, that we have the hardest time sometimes writing down what God has spoken. Slowing down and for a moment writing down what is the new that God, that you are waiting for? What is the new? Is it is it is it a marriage? Is it a relationship? Is it, is it healing in a marriage or a relationship? Is it children? Is it, is it foster care? Is it adoption? Is it family relationships reconciled? Is the new that you're waiting for an attitude of gratitude rather than an attitude of grumbling? Is, is, is the new that you're waiting for to be debt-free or at least positive steps towards that direction? Is the new that you're waiting for perhaps not living in crippling fear? What's the new that you are waiting for while you wait? While you wait, here's what we learn, though, in the wilderness, and it's this. Rather than remembering his blessings and what he's already given us, and it's totally, we get it, I'm with you. We forget and we neglect God. Would you agree? We forget and we neglect God. So I wanted to read on because after this, this uh, Moses through Leviticus, he shares about the blessings of obedience and the cursing of disobedience, because you need to know this. You can be a child of God and a son and daughter of, 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 of the most high God, uh, but you can miss out on the blessings that God has for you in this life. Does anybody want more of God's blessings, more of God's, um, just his grace, his mercy, more, who wants more life here and now in this world and doesn't want to just wait until you get it when you die? We forget though and we we neglect God. uh, Numbers 13, as I was reading on, I see how, Moses is leading the people, and he gives them the Ten Commandments. See, especially in this generation, we need to reclaim the whole Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Okay, And you need to understand the role of commandments. You need to understand the role of God's good order and purposes. This is why we gather together. It says, don't neglect to gather together as is the habit of some as you see the day approaching. I'm talking about not just worship gatherings, which are great. I'm talking about getting rooted in a local church family with the long view in mind, amen? Getting around family who's with you in the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, amen? Being with a family and leaders who will not only show up at your wedding, but will honor God and be with you When you're with Jesus at your funeral. See, I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to a generation and God is caring less about where you live and about more where you are rooted. God is speaking to a generation and he's saying, remember me. And what I've told you and what I've called you to. And so that's what's happening. Uh, God is giving the Ten Commandments to the people of God. He gave those commandments. Why? Because God was trying to keep the people from joy or to give them joy? To give them joy. To give them life. To give them abundance. God knows that we need help. <laughs> Anybody need help? The Holy Spirit is literally the helper. The helper. The advocate. The advocate. So I was reading on and I, cause I was like, I love, I, I love make way for the new. I love the blessings of obedience, but I was reading on because I read the Bible and I hope that you do as well and meditate on it is that you find yourself there. That it is not only the greatest story that was written back then, but it is the greatest story here and now. And it speaks to our desires and it speaks to our fears. It speaks about our past. It speaks about our present and it speaks about our future. And I I wanted to get this story, and for some of you will be familiar, and for others it will be brand new. But here we are in in, uh, Numbers chapter 13, Numbers chapter 13, and this is the point where they're getting closer to the promised land that God had for them. And they're out of the land of Egypt. They're moving forward. uh, But what happens is that their desires and their fears collide. You guys ever have that? just like a holy collision. It's like, it's, it's not the best marriage. When you can, one person, but what happens is that you have all these desires and yet all these fears. And our um, uh, default mode is not to look to God, but is to look at either other people or ourselves. So, so Numbers, Numbers chapter 14, it'll be, be above me and just follow along this, this uh, riveting, amazing uh, story. We, we pick it up here. It, uh, sorry, Numbers thir- We'll start with Numbers uh, chapter, chapter 13. All right, verse 25. At the end of the 40 days, so God had sent out the, uh, through Moses the spies to go look at the land that they hadn't yet gone to. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land and they came to Moses... And Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and they showed them the fruit of the land. The land that God had promised, right? We're back in Leviticus. I'm going to multiply you for you to be fruitful. You are going to get rooted. You're going to multiply not only your offspring, but you're going to be abundant in the blessings that I have for you. You're going to live in that original design that I had for you. And they told them, verse 27, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with, say it with me, milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Verse 28, however, the people who dwell in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amiklites dwell in this land of Negeb. the Hittites, the Jezebites, a lot of ites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and along the Jordan. Verse 30. But Caleb, Moses' companion, assistant, quieted the people before Moses and said, Why do you think he quieted the people? See, the, the people were stuck. Yes, grumbling. But before that, they were crippled. This is real real time, a real story. Some of you might know the end of the story, but they find themselves just about to lose it. Caleb, what a good leader, quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it. For we are well able to overcome it. Why did he say that? Because he remembered what? He remembered what God did. Again, as I'm reading this, I pray the Holy Spirit will whisper to you, where are you in this story as we make way for the new? Then the men, verse 31, who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against the people for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report Of the land that they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy is out, is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height. And there we saw the Nephilim, these giants. The sons of Enoch, who came from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grass, say it with me, hoppers. And so we seemed to them. Then all the congregation, chapter 14, raised a loud cry, and the people wept. That night, and all the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron, the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in the wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become a prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to the land of Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the people of Israel, and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Gethsemane, and were among those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they said to all the congregation of the people of Israel, the land which we passed through to spy it out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord and do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said, Yes, Moses and Caleb. Then all the congregation said to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of meeting to all the people of Israel. Israel. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people, verse 11, despise me? And how long will they not believe in me in spite of all the signs that I have done among them? Signs and wonders will not keep you ultimately remembering the faithfulness of God. I will strike them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. Whew! Wow. So, giants and grasshoppers. The people of God had been promised in the wilderness that God was going to deliver them from whatever enemy or foe was in front of them and lead them forward into a hope and a future. And what the people saw were not only the giants, but that they saw themselves as grasshoppers. Do you see the powerful prophetic imagery here? I just pray for the Holy Spirit that you would have the conviction from God. This is us. Make way for the new. I'm going to get to it in a moment about the eternal implications and the ultimate promised land of the new heaven and the new earth. But there are things in your life and in my life that again and again and families' lives and in our communities and in our nation – that again and again and again we succumb to out of fear, but not just fear, but because we had a desire and desires that were not ultimately rooted in God. If if it happened to them, do you think it happens to us? If it happened to them, do you think it can't continue to happen to us that we miss out on the blessings of God? See, this is a message for people who are the children of God amen, in this room, that you are sons and daughters, that you love God, that you care about God, that you, at the reading of God's word, you will take whatever has come today and you will just have fear and trembling before the word of God, that in the midst of this world, you're like, oh my goodness, God is speaking to me. His word is living. His word is active. His word is sharper than any double-edged sword. I've heard stories in this world, but there's no more true story than the story of God with humanity, the people of God were told to remember Egypt, to remember God's deliverance, and they forgot. Why do you forget? It could look totally different, but I believe it's so often the same reasons. Make way for the new. What is that new? What is that new? If your attention is not on God, it will either be on the giants in front of you or it will be on the fact that you are small, that you are like a grasshopper before the things, meaning you can't do it in yourself. You can't make the new happen. You can't make the blessings happen. See, this is why the fight of our minds, in our minds and our souls is to remember. Is to remember. So they forgot what God had promised and they were focused on the giants. They were focused on the fact that they were like grasshoppers. But God, but God. Giants, grasshoppers, God. Where do you live? Where, okay, where is your attention? See, some of us are, have been so overwhelmed by the giants in our lives that we've actually stopped believing. See, you, you need to know this about God. God not only wants you to sing songs and say prayers and to read the Bible, he actually wants you to be activated. He actually wants you to live in the destiny and the hope and the future that he has for you. Do you know that God actually wants to break generational disobedience off your life? Do you know that it is possible for you to not live in a stressed out, fast paced, conscious, consciously anxious state of mind? Do you know that it's actually possible? Do you know that it is actually possible for healing in your relationships and family? Some of you, and I pray all of us, we'll realize that you are not an isolated, autonomous individual. You are connected to a heritage. You are connected to a family and a blood line. Some good, some not so good. Some obedience and some disobedience. And what the people of God were doing is that they were forgetting what trumps all of it, and that's God. Giants, grasshoppers, Or God, I want to speak to some people who have that grasshopper mindset. And here it is for me: I, 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 I'm things that there's things that I'm believing for. Like, like I'm saying, God, before I die and I'm in the grave, God, I'm praying for a youth revival that this nation has never seen. God, God, I'm praying, Lord, not just for great worship gatherings. Yes, I'm praying for it at the Ryan Center one day. I'm praying for marriages to be rooted and grounded in Christ that will come from this university, that there'll be people that, that everybody will realize that they're all missionaries and that when they graduate, They're graduating not to a job. They're graduating every single person, no matter the spiritual gifting, from the gifts on the stage to the gifts that are behind and not on the stage, that there are people who realize that they're missionaries and they're being sent into every sphere of the marketplace and workplace as missionaries in the wilderness of this world to go out. Amen? that's, that's the vision I have. I have a vision that there's people who have divorced in their past and they repent of it and they seek reconciliation in the church first. I have a dream and a vision that that a whole entire church will be debt-free, and not only will they be, the people of the church will be debt-free, but they will seek to be the greatest, by the grace of God, stewards of the wealth that God gives for the glory of God. I have a vision that we as a church and the families and individuals represented can be known, not just for outward charity where some people get to see and give you likes and clap, but that we are actually used by God and people know that we are such a blessing in this community that they say, oh my goodness, where is Generation Church if we were to ever leave? Because they would know and have felt the impact that God gives through us. I have a vision and a belief. That God can have a generation of young people in kids' church who grow up and they populate every single middle school, every elementary, every single high school, every single university, and they are unashamed, inflamed followers of God. (laughs) See, whatever... the vision it is for you, and without prophetic vision, people fail. Whatever the vision is for you, and can I speak to the men? You are the priest in your house along with the ladies. Get vision. I believe in you. Amen? Get vision for your house. Get vision for your bedroom. Get vision for your property. Get vision for your work. Men and women together. Getting vision for what God wants to do. Some of you, though, you might be, Forgetting that because you have the grasshopper mindset that you need God. I, I really, have been as I've been praying about this, I said, God, where, where are we as a church? Where are we in South County? Where are we here in, in America? And, and, and God, where, where, where are we when it comes to the people of God? Where are we in the world right now? You have every reason to believe based upon so many different evidence in the natural that there is going to be nothing new in 22, but it actually might be worse. But see, here's what you've got to realize with God and the kingdom of God is that the spiritual reality that God is speaking to starts in our mind and with our perspectives with the reality, with the end in mind and the reality that because of the cross, God has defeated death, has defeated the grave, that he wants us to walk in the new here and now, and it has to do everything with our relationships. Our relationships with God, our relationships with one another. See, what this is all pointing to as the people of God are facing the problem, not of the giants, not of the, the grasshopper mindset, they're facing the problem of their selves. The problem for you and I, whether you are no longer dreaming and having vision for the days ahead, or whether you are dreaming and you have vision for the days ahead and for your families, for your communities, is that we forget God, what God has promised we, we forget that God has sent his son Jesus to ultimately dwell with us. And that there is nothing that we can do, but God again and again and again provides a sacrifice. God again and again gives his promises. And as I was thinking about this, w- the people of God, because I would do and you would do the same thing that the Israelites did, I believe. I don't know about you. One of the quickest ways that I've seen people fall who have great passion and great encouragement, is to think that they too don't need God in everything. In everything. That like in moments like this, or why we make a big deal about the Jubilee offering and making way for the new, is that we have to remember. Over and over and over. That's one of the dominant commands in the Bible. Remember, 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 remember. So the people of God then and us today, how how do we make way for the new? I want to encourage you, Generation Church, whoever, little by little, day by day, one moment at a time, get vision for the new and remember that what you have now while you are waiting, what you are holding now, God has given it to you. You take a moment. Would you praise God? You don't have to shout unless you want, but just to remember what are the things, what are the blessings that God has given you? What is it that you are holding? Remember who God is, who you are now through Jesus. Remember. Remember what God has given to you. Write it down. Remember that as you await the things that are to come, all that he's already done. All that he's already done. What are some of the lessons from the wilderness that you see here? I see it simply but supernaturally that the people of God forgot. They either overestimated themselves, but ultimately they underestimated God. Our desires are so disordered. The people of God thought that they knew what they wanted, and that's why they were left, as we see in Numbers 14, with what? Oh, that we would just go back to the land of Egypt. Because they had better bread. They had better food. See, whenever the children of God, so deeply loved by God, are left to themselves Not only do they stay in the wilderness, but they choose and we choose to go back to Egypt every time, over and over and over. See, the wilderness can be a place where we remember the blessings of God and have anticipation for for the days days ahead. Church, I, I believe as we make way for the new, God wants us day by day, moment by moment to be a people of gratitude. To be a people who are so thankful with what God has already given. We are not shy and we are not unashamed to dream and to believe for the days ahead but we are so thankful for what's in our hands. As we prepare our heart to come forward and to remember the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus if you just put your hands out in front of you and just allow the Holy Spirit to speak do whatever you gotta do to get focused. Remember what you have. Remember what you are holding. God has given it to you. Remember who God is. Remember who you now are through Jesus. You're a son. You're a daughter. We are a family that is always inviting more to come to the table in the house, in the hope, in the future with God. Some of you I pray that the Holy Spirit will speak to right now. Some of you are really good at cheering on other people who are living out their God dreams and destiny. And God wants to speak to you. God wants you to make way for the new in your life. See the the, the greatest news here is that this points to the reality, as we've said, but it needs to be said again and again, of why Jesus came. God is holy, good, and righteous to do what he did to the people of God. Do you see it? He said, how long will these people despise me? How long will they not believe in me? In spite of all of these signs that I have done among them, I will strike them with pestilence and I will disinherit them and I will make you a nation greater and mightier than they. As it goes on, we see that Moses intercedes. He says, he says to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it for you brought up this people in your might from among them and they will tell the inhabitants of this land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of the people. For you, O Lord, are seen face to face and your cloud stands over them and will go before them in a pillar of the cloud and if the pillar by fire by night. Now, if you kill this people, see, see, Moses is standing in the gap. There's God and there's the people and he's standing in the gap and he's he's saying, God, now if you kill this people as one man, then the nations will have heard your fame will say, it is because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land that he swore to give them that he has killed them in the wilderness and now please let the power of the Lord be great as you have promised saying, the Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving the iniquity and the transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers of the children of the third and the fourth generation. Please, Moses is praying, pardon the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your steadfast love just as you have forgiven this people from Egypt until now. And what happens? The people still disobeyed. And what Moses didn't realize is this. And he goes on and he says it. God says this to Moses. No matter what happens to the people of God, Jesus will still get all the glory. (laughs) Jesus will still and has all the glory. Everyone will bow before the name of Jesus. But guess what? God says, I still want my people to experience the new and the blessings and the promises. So he sent Jesus to die and to take upon himself and to drink the cup of judgment for you and I and everyone so that he would taste death, so we would taste life. He would taste defeat, so we would taste victory? But the people of God, Lord, we just thank you for this. Amen? I love this because it gives me confidence about the future that no matter what happens in 2022 or in the years ahead, I know the end of the story. And I know that my desires and my fears bow before Jesus and he has the new, he has the better, he has the greater, he has my future, he has a plan and a purpose for my life so I can rest and rejoice in Christ, in Christ. So church, the hope is, Yes, write down specifically and as you come forward and lay it down, whatever it is. Some of you have prepared your offering and your your giving today and and others of you, um, you're just here. We're so glad that you're here. But we're coming forward as a holy act before God and saying, God, make way for the new. Make it specific, make it personal before God what it is that you are believing. And as you take communion, as we celebrate, we are celebrating in advance that God is going to do it. And I thank God that even if we don't see everything in this life, God makes all things new. He's coming again, and he's the redeemer of time, of relationships, and of this world. So church, lessons from the wilderness Don't choose to focus on the giants in the future. Don't choose to live like a grasshopper. Choose to be focused on God and his glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, as you, uh, Father, just prepare hearts and minds as we come forward. I thank you, Lord, that the lessons from the wilderness, to not forget you, but to remember you, can actually be blessings. God, that in the midst of our waiting, God, we can be excited and anticipate. Father, because you did it before, and you're going to do it again. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, right now that there will be people, Lord, in this room or listening, God, at the sound of my voice, God, who will believe, truly believe, truly believe, truly believe that you are the God of Jubilee and that you make way for the new and that they would trust and they would put their confidence not in themselves, but in Jesus. God, I pray for the people that are in this room, Lord, Moses and the Calebs and, God, the men and the women and the children. Father, that there is just a holy attention on you. God, I pray blessings upon blessings over families. God, over this community. I pray it over Southern Rhode Island, South County. God, I pray it, Father, over Rhode Island, New England in the days ahead here. I pray it, God, for this nation and for the nations of the earth. God, we are excited. And I'm excited for the new that you're going to do in this year. We praise you, Jesus. We remember Egypt. We remember that you have delivered us out of the slavery of sin. We remember, Lord, that you have delivered us to life, life everlasting, in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? We wanted to invite you, my wife, Lindsay, and our whole family, and everyone here at Generation Church, to our year-end offering on December 12th, as we look ahead to 2022. The word as we go into 2022 is jubilee. We believe that we're going to be celebrating all year. And we would love for you to be a part of all that God is doing in South County, Rhode Island, New England. You can give in person uh, any Sunday, but specifically on that Sunday, we encourage you to bring your family and to be praying leading up to this uh, special moment as we as a church come before God and we just watch what God can do with what he has given to us. This is the year of Jubilee 2022. We love you, church. The best days are ahead.